0: Friends, the mark and Max show is back and better than ever liferadio.fm the mark and mac show is we uh it's hump day right but no bobby humphrey that's Man. right no camels no it'd be so cool yep. we need to get the hump back on yeah we do could be too much fun Hey, um, Mark, apartment fires get started in all kinds of crazy ways. Yep. You know, they really yeah, do. They do. Yeah. Mainly because people that are renting an apartment for a lot of, a lot of the time, not all, yeah. but a lot of the time, you know, people that are renting an apartment are either young and are learning mm-hmm. or they're old and don't care, you know, <laughs> because I see an apartment fire is started by an occupant. And <laughs> yeah. the reason that he started the fire i'm like okay this could be really young or really
1: old but i don't see somebody in their 40s doing it you know oh i do but (laughs) (laughs) des moines iowa police say they may know how an apartment fire started early monday morning several people have been displaced after this fire emergency crews had to block off part of that main road uh, while they battled the flames shelby uh, speaker Was allowed to go back to her apartment around 3.30 a.m. to get some things. But when she walked in, she was devastated. She said ash was everywhere. Her ceiling fan had fallen in. Everything was soaked in water. She says, it looks like a teddy bear stuffing factory exploded everywhere, and they soaked it in an Olympic-sized pool. Wow. (laughs) I love that description. Man. (laughs) Nobody was injured in the fire, but smoke filled the entire building. So even on, even though only four apartments had any damage, they're all they're taking extra precautions and evacuating the three other units there because of all the smoke that filled the bil- the building. According to the cops, the fire started inside of an apartment at Ger- at Gray's Lake Apartments when an occupant attempted to set a bug on fire on a futon. Uh huh. The police said it lit up like a tinderbox. You know what? That's made up. This guy was really lighting farts. That's what he was doing, Mark. Right there. I think he was probably cooking his meth. (laughs) (laughs)
0: LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. The soundtrack for your life playing all day long. Hopefully, you're enjoying it. Telling a friend that'd be really cool. Oh yeah, Mark. Whenever I see a story that has Indiana in the title, I immediately <laughs> think
1: Jones. Do you do Indiana the same thing? Jones. Yeah, I do sometimes. I do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's a man in Indiana. He was injured after a twelve foot tall uh, twelve foot fall. I've really got to get my eyes checked. A twelve foot fall <laughs> to the ground from a tree. You span. don't want to do that. No, I know. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah well at least mine are both pointing the same direction um <laughs> after a 12 foot fall to the ground from a tree stand on november 6th according to indiana's department of natural resources a little after 8 p.m responders were sent to private property where they found this guy injured from the fall from the tree stand 33 year old zachary Burbank fell 12 feet from the tree stand after a cable securing it to the tree broke he was he wasn't utilizing a full body safety harness at the time mm-hmm. of the incident. He got, he got transported via helicopter to the IU Health Methodist Hospital in Indianapolis, <clears throat> excuse me, with a back injury. Last time, I went deer hunting, Mark. Yeah. In a tree stand
0: way early in the morning. Yeah. And I realized that a lot of the people that were out there in tree stands and I knew there were at least 5 yeah, had all been drinking. Oh no. I was one of them, okay? (laughs) And that's what made me think, wait a minute. You know, I just had that moment of clarity. That's right. At first, it's, oh, this is a great idea. I'd love to go, and then it hits you. Wait a minute. Then I sat there, and as I took a drink, I went, you know, now August 7th, 1990 is my sober day, okay? Just so you know, so we're talking prior to that. Yes. I didn't want to be there anyway. It's cold anyway, but I did it because I'm a man's man. Oh, yeah. Sitting up in that tree stand, and I thought, oh, wait a minute. I'm already bad with heights. (laughs) Uh, Now I'm really bad. With heights and I'm loaded uh-huh. and not my gun, you know. <laughs> I unloaded it, yep. I set it off to the side, and I sat there freaking out until the sun came up. Wow, because yeah, because I was scared. I thought if I move, one of these idiots is gonna shoot me. <laughs> and I thought, wait a minute, if, if I'm, I might be me, you know. <laughs> so the sun came up, I'm wearing orange. I'm uh-huh. like, hey, hey, guys, shh, Dave, shh. no, I'm coming down. Shh, Dave shush sh- no guys it's me Dave I'm you know Dave's not here okay <laughs> Dave's in a tree stand no dude it's Dave I'm I'm leaving you know <laughs> no you're not you'll ruin it <laughs> Bless Oh <yeah>. your heart <laughs> yeah that was the last time I
1: went I will not go now oh man well, I have a I have a friend Scott Lett uh he's a business owner in the Birmingham area now and uh, he he told a story at a staff meeting one day about about, uh, about how he had learned a valuable lesson of, about tree stands. And he was out alone, like this guy in this story. He's out alone hunting, and he's setting up his tree stand up in the tree. And there was something about it that didn't get set up just right, and he fell, but mm. he got tangled in it at the same time and hung upside down by one foot for a, <laughs> a good while until he figured out how he could get himself out of the pickle he was in. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> so think about that. You're up in the tree stand, everything's cool. You're settling in, and all of a sudden, whoop, ah, whoop, boom, and you're hanging upside down. And it takes you, it takes you an hour or so to to pull yourself out of the situation. <laughs> Took me a moment of clarity to pull myself out. That's all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag Show, where. A little while ago off the air, I was asking Mark, hey, man, is Mel Brooks still alive? Mm, You know, it's just one of those things. And I think it kind of goes back to uh, the uh, comedians in cars getting coffee that uh, Gary Seinfeld does. yeah, Because he had a thing where he met up with Carl Reiner. And Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks, all these would gather together and they would eat like on TV trays and watch TV, you know, <laughs> and they invited him over. So Jerry went and hung out with them for a little while. That was like their regular everyday thing. These wow. two, because they were both old. Right. Yeah. And of course, Carl Reiner did. You know, he passed away, but Mel Brooks is still alive and kicking. Yeah. What made me think about this was this Chinese railroad worker story, because. Oh. If you remember in Blazing Saddles it
1: was a punchline. It was. It really was. <laughs> well, wow. well archaeologists uh, excavating in Utah, Utah ghost town have a how when was the last time you thought about ghost towns anyway, you know? Well, when you talked about some guy on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, that guy who bought the ghost town. Uh, uh Cerro Gordo in uh, in I think it's right right by Salt Lake, the Great Salt Lake. Um or actually, it's right by Death Valley is where he is. Well, anyway, the, the archaeologists excavating a, a Utah ghost town have turned up a rare find. A house belonging to 19th century Chinese workers on the Transcontinental Railroad. There's wow. another thing you probably haven't thought about in a long time. is the Transcontinental Railroad. <laughs> yeah. The house, now just a layer of floorboards scattered with artifacts such as Chinese coins and stoneware is the first ever completely excavated Chinese home on the Transcontinental Railroad. More than 11,000 immigrants from China helped build the railroad, which connected the eastern lines in Iowa to the San Francisco Bay. But these workers are often left out of historical documents from the late 1800s. That's what Christopher Merritt, the state historic preservation officer with the Utah Division of State History, says. The presence of a Chinatown wasn't on any map of Terrace, for example. He says, being able to open up a whole house for the first time gives us a really interesting lens on the Chinese railroad worker community. I had no idea that Blazing Saddles
0: was a documentary for that railroad. (laughs) I didn't know. Now that I know, I'm going to have to watch it again. That's today's assignment. Yeah, they act like it's a big surprise. We all know that Chinese people were taken advantage of to build the the railroad. Yeah. And, you know, but. You know what? Did you watch the movie? Yes, I know you did. Wild Wild West when it came out because we talked oh, to yeah. Jerry B. Jenkins, remember, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, the guy who co-wrote with Tim LaHaye the Left Behind series. Yes, and remember, Jerry Jenkins was talking about how he wrote the screenplay for Wild Wild West. Wow, yeah. and how bad it was, <laughs> and it was so embarrassing. And it's like yeah. I like I'm I am the other two people who like the movie. Yeah. you know, I, there's yeah. three of us. Yeah, we have a club. Yeah, we do. We, we do. get we, together every other year. Hey, yeah. yeah, we're thinking about what's buying, your favorite part? Thinking about buying jackets. Yeah, it's but you know it's <laughs> the big spider. I like it and, yeah. you know it they was, have the chinese railroad it workers was
1: cheesy it was dumb it had some really dumb humor in it and it had it was a lot like the tv show i think they managed to pull that off you know i, like I think yeah. you're mocking me now <laughs> I, i'm not not getting a lot of love here man i, I feel like actually, you're mocking actually i like the movie too and oh, okay I, my perspective on it was that in places it was kind of dumb it was cheesy uh and it was funny and it had plenty of action and the the giant spider. Yeah. In the eighteen nineties in the old west, somebody's <laughs> gonna build this gigantic this well yeah, giant but on your you know, you pointed
0: spider. out on the original series they always had a dwarf who had like a death ray. You <laughs> know I mean? Right. Like- they always did. Liferadio.fm it is the Mark and Mac show and you know with a place called Life Radio, you know that if it's about life or radio, we're on it. <laughs> And one of those things about the Guinness Book of World Records is it has to do with the living, you know, because you can't set a world record if you're dead (laughs) unless you're setting a record for being the most dead. And I think that there's a, there, there are varying degrees of dead, okay? Yes. Like right now, I feel partially dead, but I don't <laughs> think Guinness Book of World Records is going to be anywhere near me to rate my, oh, no. ver, you know, my version of death. So no. we'll just assume that you have to be alive. And, right, and if yeah. you're alive and you can set a record, can you
1: do this? Mm, I, a man in Idaho who broke a Guinness World Record by catching 49 apples with his teeth in one minute said the attempt was a surprisingly bloody affair hey mark i got yes, one I question
0: yes was he able to catch that one bad apple you know <laughs> because
1: if he didn't then the whole bunch was spoiled there and he go. no wonder it was such a mess that's it david right. rush this is the guy who's broken more than 200 guinness records to wow. promote stem education we have had, how many of yes. stories about this guy have we had
0: I don't know, but I'm ready to get a daggone baseball with uh, thumbtacks pushed into it that go all the way through, and I'm going to throw it
1: and see if he catches it in his ear. You know, you wouldn't be, you would be surprised how many of David Rush's stories oh. I actually skip because yeah, I know, um, no, 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 yeah. no, and every now and then it's like, <sighs> okay, <laughs> so how many roaches can you use as floss? Oh, that's exactly right. Well, <laughs> um. They, the apples were, he says the apples were thrown from 15 feet away by a frequent collaborator on his efforts named Jonathan Hannon. Rush said being struck in the face by wayward apples, even the small apples he was using for the record, turned out to be a painful experience as it would lead to his teeth making cuts on the insides of his lips and cheeks. Uh, Rush said the record involved more bleeding than the vast majority of his previous records. He ended up catching 49 apples in a minute beating the previous record of 47. He couldn't go one more, 50, 50, oh, wow. one more. I question his commitment. <laughs> I'm thinking two. You know, that would be me. I, no, I could do two. I'm thinking after the first one hits hits yeah. the wrong place and I've got a bloody yeah. lip, no. I'm done. I'm just thinking,
0: you know what? This guy that was helping him with it obviously was working with him, but I would like to see how many of the apples he could catch if my grandson Braylon was oh, throwing. Oh, because braylon would be
1: whipping them out saying i'll hit you everywhere year try to catch this you know <laughs> and this set, guy set up a booth at the fall festival yep. let people pay to throw apples at you and catch them in your mouth then there you go <laughs>
0: LifeRadio.fm, the mark and mag show where Mark growing up is always a treat. You know when you, you know you, you get, some of us okay this is one of the differences between now and then. When you and I were growing up, I know that I was looking at the day I could leave my parents' house where they couldn't stop me, okay? Uh, yeah, yeah. And okay. I was thinking what can I do to ex- what can I do to expedite this? Like, what could I do to really take them off? So they'll say, forget about 18, forget about Greg, get <laughs> out, you know? And okay, now, of course, <laughs> kids never want to leave. Now they want to yeah. stay till they've got their own kids, and you, you know. Yeah. But anyway, there are certain things that happen when you become an adult. You move mm. out of the house yeah. and you realize. Now, one of the things I realized when I moved out, and it did take me about a year that I could eat Reese's peanut butter cups for breakfast if I wanted. Okay. And ice cream. Yeah. Uh-huh. I could do whatever I wanted. There was nobody there to say, hey, that's not a good idea. Don't do that. Right. I just did what, and, you know, and that says that even now, if I want ice cream for breakfast, by golly, I'm in there eating it. Now, I don't eat it around younger people because I tell them all they need to eat their vegetables and, you know, grape nuts for breakfast. But, right, yeah. yeah, if I want mint chocolate chip, I'm, as a matter of fact, I got a Twizzler and a, and a cookie over here
1: right now. <laughs> that's breakfast. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah,
0: there are certain things, though, that come up with adult problems because you have to all of a sudden start being responsible. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Yeah, that's true. And a a lot of that stuff you're really not prepared prepared for. You didn't pay attention when you were living at home. I mean, you just lived at home. You get out in the real world and wait a minute. The, nobody told me about this well recently somebody did a survey on social media and uh they of course some, it was yeah, social media had to be social media and who a, pays for your internet connection that's right yeah and the question was what's an adult problem nobody prepared you for <laughs> and here's some of the responses uh, up first fruit and vegetables expire faster when you're the one paying for them <laughs> Yeah, which is why I never buy them. That's right. Ladonna bought; she buys them and brings them home. I'm like, "What's that for?" I'll get on a thing. I'll get on a jag where I want something like apples. Let's get the bag of apples, or oranges, or something like that. And I'll get about halfway through them, and the rest of them all just go go bad. You know, Ladonna will call me when I'm out and say, "Hey, run by Betty's
0: barbecue and get me a veggie plate." Uh huh. A what? (laughs) From a barbecue joint. (laughs) I'm being punished, aren't I? You're punishing. What did I do? You know, did I leave the seat up again? What am I? What
1: did I do? I you know, that's oh, horrible. Anyway, uh, the next one is eating food for nutrients and not just taste. Hmm. <laughs> Adulthood has me eating leaves for lunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I know how that goes. I find myself thinking I really should get a salad, you know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, no one ever tells you just how expensive furniture is. any furniture that's because when you first move out Uh -uh. that's
0: why your first furniture is something you found on the side of the road it really is and you're like hey are they having a yard sale over there (laughs) no that stuff's been thrown out there by the oh they've been evicted it's an eviction sale great get it (laughs) i need that well it's been rained on for three days i don't care i need it no
1: i need something to sit on while i'm watching my tv (laughs) that's a 12 incher you know (laughs) Uh, black and white Uh uh-huh uh and finally the difference a mere four hours of sleep makes and the difficulty or a a, a mere hour, that is, a mere hour of sleep makes and the difficulty of getting that mere hour of sleep. Wow. (laughs) That is very (laughs) true. (laughs) An
0: adult problem. Uh, Wow. I'm just thinking back to a simpler time, Mark. Yes? There wasn't one. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, and you know, as we get ready to do the show every day, Mark's looking for stories and things like that. And you can tell when the weather is changing because oh. there's a time when you get used to the summer, okay, at the beginning part. And you, you're out there, you're getting out on the side, you know, you're doing things outside. And then it suddenly doesn't get below 95 degrees for a couple of weeks and you just stay indoors. So <laughs> finding stories is an all-day thing because I'm yeah. in air conditioning. I have a reason to sit here with my laptop in the recliner all day. Right. Yeah. Well, when it, when the weather changes to cold... Same thing happens, but it's kind of in reverse order. Whereas in the springtime, you start getting out early and you come in early. Okay. You get, you know, you get a couple of months outside and then it's like, I'm done. I got to get back in the air. But with fall, it's the other way. You know, you, it's like it hits and all of a sudden you're going, I was so comfortable indoors. What happened? You know? And so you get outside, you're like, Oh, that's brisk. Do I wear a jacket? Do I wear short? What do I do? I wear, a, I dress like Nanook of the North in the morning. And by mid afternoon, I need to get shorts on, you know? Yeah, yeah. So either way you look at it, it's a weird time, which means it's a weird time for finding stories yeah, because yeah. rather than mess with going outside and inside, you just leave the thermostat set, you leave your shorts on and you sit in the recliner and you think, Hey, what words were added to the dictionary? The year I was born, you know, that's what I need to know. Let's just get a whole century's worth, and we'll count
1: them back one at a time. You know what gets me? Is that there's a resource for finding that.
0: Yes, somebody <laughs> actually did that. Sometime in the past, somebody said, I want to know what words were added the year I was born.
1: <laughs> well, the Merriam-Webster can show you the ways a word can tell you about a period of time with a tool called Time Traveler. It reveals words that first appeared in its print dictionary in the year you were born, and you can go to the site. It's uh, it's uh, it's it's a pretty simple. It's merriamwebster.com uh, dot com slash time traveler, and mm-hmm. you can put in the year. After that, after you can put in a slash and then whatever year you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, let's pick. Uh, let's say uh, nineteen fifty seven. Fifty seven Chevys. That's what comes to mind for me. And you go there, and there's this ginormous, it's just absolutely ginormous, the number of words that were added. Uh, overkill was added to the dictionary in that year. Overkill. One hit wonder, which hmm. kind of pertains to the business we've been in for a long time. Um, computerize was added in to the 57? dictionary in 1957. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Asian flu the term asian. there you go well we're not allowed to use that
0: anymore because no. you could say the asian disease we all have dealt with in the last couple of years and uh-huh. you get banned like trump yeah you know? uh-huh fanny wow. pack really yes i bet that meant something different then it may have mm-hmm. i don't know what does fanny flag do before she goes on a trip
1: <laughs> she, Fanny, fanny pack. pack. that's right doggy bag was introduced uh-huh. in 1957 go-kart hmm. go well r- you know they tried to go stop cart but it just didn't have the (laughs) same appeal for kids gold record oh yeah well okay yeah and there's a bunch of them so you could look up any year you wanted to and you're going to come up with a a, with a bunch of words now if you go to i mean (laughs) really oh you are words
0: uh, in the dictionary uh, no
1: i'm just that were added that year come on (laughs) that were added that year (laughs) thank you thank you very much
0: (laughs) i think i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb here and just say that this is, and I'm not saying I'm the only one. I'm probably in the majority of people that will never visit that site. (laughs) Life the Mark and Mac show. And, uh, you know, Mark, I have oftentimes wondered what a pirate would feel like walking around with half of his face covered, you know? Yes. And now that I've figured it out, I will tell you, I'm clumsy by nature. But you take <laughs> away that other eye to balance things out and have. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I go to reach for a cup and I yeah. knock it over and go, which one did I knock over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I put you, the eye patch on. Just, oh, yeah. I'm seeing I, double.
1: Yeah. That's in case you missed the news yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Sudden
0: onset, yeah. double vision. Right. And it just happened all of a sudden. <laughs> and. <laughs> you're going well you've got sudden onset double vision i'm like well you realize that i told you that when i called <laughs> yes i know i, mean, I told you that. i made the appointment i said hey i need to come in because uh f- something happened all of a sudden and i'm seeing double <laughs> so i went in and got the official diagnosis yes you have sudden onset double vision <laughs> That's uh-huh. funny. okay and how much am i paying for this diagnosis <laughs> well what we have to do is figure out why well, that actually, let's skip over all that. That's what I came here for. Mm-hmm. I didn't come here for you to tell me what I had. I came here to tell you what the solution is. It's like, well, here are the possibilities. Well, can you pick one?
1: Let's just, you know, treat here, one of the possibilities. Here, I'll write them on a piece of paper. Yeah. You just point at one of them. Okay. Like, <laughs> because
0: you know what? You point at one and I'm going to grab all three. Because that's what I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah. So I get an iPad. Yeah. Because I'm, and mainly because it was driving me crazy i had a headache all the time from it you know you try look you just try to eat when you're seeing three forks okay it's not double that double vision's a load man because there's more than two Uh i'm telling you eight eyes are coming at me it's like oh no which one do i poke if i was i'm like curly howard trying to do the face slap man it's like just all a big blur but oh man i did i did think that it might be a good time to go driving around the neighborhood you know i was thinking man this could have been fun on halloween you know See the blue lights behind you? No, sir. I can pass a sobriety test all day long. Sure. Get, no, we'll do the breathalyzer because I can't walk a straight line. I wouldn't know which one to start with. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> again, you, you pay for the doctor to tell you you have what you already told yeah. them you had. And yeah. it's like, so what's the solution? Well, one of them is uh, called bleeding. That's where they get leeches. And, t- <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That's I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: We don't know how to fix this. Okay. Put a man on the moon, but we can't fix this. All right. Yeah. Wait a minute. I got to go back in the other room and spin the wheel of diagnosis and see what's what. what. Here's what we're going to do. We can make
0: you a pair of glasses,
1: dude. I
0: got LASIK. My eyes are fine. (laughs) Now I'm not wearing glasses again. So that's where I am. So anyway, so they told me, you know, you can wear these glasses that we can make it. So it'll push everything to, you know, make it right. Like, yeah, but again, Right, I didn't yeah. come here for that. I could, you know, I can squeeze my eyes around if I wanted to do that. But I want to fix the problem. Why? How is it all of a sudden I'm seeing double? Wait, wait, and wait, you wait, know, it wait, could wait, be COVID wait, related. Wait,
1: you could squeeze your eyes together if you want well, to do. Well, you know that. I mean, what? Basically, what
0: they're going to do. You put your but, head you know. in the vice
1: like Uncle Fester on the Adams yes. Family. <laughs> oh, it feels good. <laughs> Pop. Oh,
0: that's and it. That little, little handle come out and massage my forehead. You know? <laughs> yeah. Thing. Right. Oh man. life radio.fm it's mark and mac show where there's a story circling around yeah about a family in peru mm. that actually they had this loving dog that they just they loved it, the family pet right right yeah but i, I don't know how they found out that family pet wasn't a dog you know they got a puppy that's not a dog what what looks like a puppy that isn't a puppy
1: is what i want to know mark well uh maribel sotelo and her family brought home this frisky, lovable pup from a local shop in a Lima, in Lima, Peru. He frolicked with the other dogs in a neighborhood full of chickens, guinea pigs, and ducks. And then he started eating the guinea pigs, chickens, and ducks. <laughs> oh, wait a minute! Yeah. Lilo and Stitch are all <laughs> yeah, over it. Right. Okay, as he tur- as it turned out, Run Run wasn't a dog at all. He was an Andean fox. Complete with a bushy tail, pointy ears, and that triangular head foxes have. How do you not know? I don't know. So tell they a, look like they look evil. They look like they're gonna eat you in your sleep, man. <laughs> he says, this guy says, We thought he was a purebred puppy. <laughs> he said her teen she says her teenage son bought the animal six months ago as a pet, paying about thirteen bucks for it. Uh, the neighbors wow. were the neighbors were not happy when Run Run started chasing and killing their animals. Uh, yeah. Soletto, run
0: run. That's how they got the name. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Run.
1: Yeah. Run. soleto was not happy either, especially after she had to reimburse a neighbor for her lost livestock. She says the lady told us it had eaten three large guinea pigs. Well, I don't were think, they raising them to eat? You, I don't, don't,
0: you know Guinea pigs are pets.
1: Uh well actually, uh yes. Not they there. probably in Peru they probably were. Yes, they're probably Oh I back yes. Dinner? Dinner they actually really? the road they had a little roadside stands where, you know, people are serving up guinea pig. Yeah. Really? Yes. Actually. are they a breakfast meat uh they are a a meat <laughs> oh really sometimes it's a meat on a stick sometimes it's a meat oh. on a plate <laughs> mark really so run run really yeah. did run okay, okay. <laughs> wow. then, then run run ran away the National uh, Forest and Wildlife Service there is now searching for him. They they plan to relocate him to a zoo or a sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> I think you ought to let Run 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 away, man. Just I leave it go. So. They just wow. need to look around for feathers and fur and stuff. They'll find a trail, you know. Wow. <laughs> Leftover Dude. guinea pig parts. <laughs> Here's what's
0: funny is they yeah. bought him. They had him for six months before they realized that he was, ki- you know. Uh, th- they yeah. had like the what what do you call those little animals that that kill things at night you know oh wait a minute (laughs) usually parts of fiction you know this is like a a horrible this is like the montauk monster or something you know come to life
1: (laughs) only with a cute bushy tail (laughs) mark and mac mornings only on life radio.fm
0: LifeRadio.fm, the mark and mac show where if you've listened to us for a long time you know how i refer to mark as the computer guy
1: yeah
0: it's because not that he's like the tech wizard but he in my world he is i mean you know but mark's been around tech guys he's like, i'm not the tech guy oh yeah but yeah i'm you, not the it d- guy. you had, did you have like a commodore 64 computer i did okay those came out after the Apple one and Apple two. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I know that is from watching movies about Steve jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> like I know nothing about all this, but I've watched two movies on Steve jobs. And now I know that the Apple two computer was the one that really set the world on fire, mm, yeah. but there was an
1: Apple one. Yeah. Yeah. In 1976, the Apple one, um, there's wow. one of them up for auction right now in California.
0: But wasn't that
1: the computer that,
0: like it was a, a board, and you had to buy all the components for it, and yes. it worked yeah. on your TV. Yeah.
1: It was, uh, yeah. It has a video output on it. In fact, if you go over to uh, like to Wikipedia and search for the yeah. Apple One, uh, there are lots of pictures of it, and there's actually an ad for the first Apple One at the top of the there ad. You. It says, "Apple introduces the first low-cost microcomputer system with a video terminal and eight kilobytes of RAM on a single <laughs> PC card." I hate kilobytes. We're dealing in gigs now, you know, <laughs> not wow. not kilobytes. Yeah, but you know,
0: what did we have back, back in the day? It was like um, the first computer I remember having, it was like a guy told me, don't get one that's got 128. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> what was it was it kilobytes
1: i I guess it was of talking RAM? about the hard well yeah they, they, they tried the hard drive was yeah. 1.2 gigabytes yeah you'll never fill that up you'll never use yeah, all never. that space and no. nowadays you can't get that on a thumb drive i mean yeah. it's, <laughs> they won't <laughs> gig, they won't put anything that small on a thumb drive now yeah, yeah it's 128 great. gigs of my thumb uh-huh something like all right. that. but this wow. this the whole thing and that thing the the apple one in the ad including 4k of ram sold for 666 dollars and 66 cents Oh, 666, six, six, really? Yes. That's, they did that on purpose, didn't they, they? They had to have done that on purpose. They had oh, to. Oh man. Yeah. That's wrong. I it couldn't have wrong. bought it. No, I think a lot. Of, and it's crazy. It uh let's see um they're thinking the the auctioneers are saying this one that's up for grabs right now is uh, going to fetch around $600,000. Wow. From $666 to $600,000.
0: Okay, now I'm looking at this, and I, I'm seeing different ones that have, like, a wooden,
1: you know, yeah, case. The, yeah, I had a hand, but you built your own case. Oh. Yeah. You see, there's a picture of one inside of a briefcase. Did you see that wow. one? Wow. I am now, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> wow. And they put the keyboard on top of it, and you close the briefcase, and you take the computer anywhere, right? <laughs> the first, oh, that's The funny. first laptop. <laughs> wow.
0: Wow. That's just funny.
1: Isn't that funny? That is crazy. And it came with a cassette connection. It didn't come with a cassette drive. But there was a board where you could connect, you know, one of those flat ribbon cables. You remember Mm -hmm. those? You connected a flat ribbon cable and it connected to a cassette unit and the cassette unit contained your programming. Wow. So instead of floppy drives or any or thumb drives or anything like that, you used cassettes to load (laughs) and you loaded your program from the cassette into the memory. That massive four the eight four or eight k bytes of memory of RAM you loaded into that and then you worked with the program and then you had to save your work back to a cassette when you finished because when you shut it off it was all gone. Wow, that's how the commodore sixty four worked too, yeah, but, but wow, yeah, they're thinking six hundred thousand dollars for that computer that's up for grabs,
0: man, mm hmm I wonder if wozniak's gonna get a piece of that
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh trust me wozniak's already gotten yeah. his piece of the apple
0: <laughs> life Radio. FM, the mark and mac show and you know we uh, talk about that we actually both live in alabama and do our show from here and and both of us love it there's a section in Birmingham called uh I guess every city has a spaghetti junction you know malfunction junction whatever you want to call it yeah and I don't know about every other year there's a major spill of something like one year it was a frozen chicken breast from Tyson another time it was frozen pizzas but I don't know that we've had a a load of milk no you know I I can't remember because I don't recall ever crying over spilled milk (laughs) at malfunction junction
1: however very nice thank you (laughs) traffic on a stretch of texas highway went sour (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the traffic on this texas highway soured when a crashed truck spilled its load of milk onto the roadway the el paso police department said the sarah farms truck was hauling a load of gallons of milk milk gallons Mm -hmm. when it crashed and rolled over in the westbound lanes of i-10 on monday night the cause of the crash yeah they still it's still not clear but the incident left the roadway covered in spilled milk and the crash led to traffic delays multiple lanes of the interstate were closed for cleanup operations wow well you know they had to smell the next day boy and you know know there was like a truck
0: of oreos driving by just teasing (laughs) everybody you know liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know mark we have a uh, we have phones in our pocket right now yeah. that we use for everything i mean when you look at what we are able to do now with our phone it used to take a very expensive laptop mm. and even then when you went to get online you had to go through that whole phone modem thing to oh. Oh, God. I mean, somebody picks up and starts dialing i'm on the, I'm on yep. the computer oh. <laughs> I just remember Hannah going, I'm online, I'm online. Yes. Oh, no, in line, in line is what she said. Oh. I'm in line. It's my turn. Uh, that's anyway, funny. but now, you know, when you, you look around and you look at what we take it, what mm. we now take for granted and our children, our children take for granted things that they have no conception of what it used to be like driving down the road and your boss would beep you, you know, mm, yeah. you had to stop whatever you were doing and find a payphone. phone. Yeah. Now you say payphone and Hannah goes, what? what
1: a, a
0: payphone you had to use money to call a uh, what the I'm redneck like, well, cell
1: phone yes yes it was the, the phone on the side of the road uh-huh. that
0: everybody and their brother breathed into and some stunk so bad oh
1: gosh yeah I anyway i've seen some really nasty payphones those that hang on the sides of the wall outside of convenience stores or used yeah. to you know oh those were horribly nasty. yeah we don't have those anymore here no. however oh. in
0: the uk they yeah. got a
1: battle going on, Mark. How long has it been since you saw a telephone booth? I mean, I don't. I can't it, even tell you. Yeah, I know. Unless it was on display somewhere, or it was an oddity or a curiosity, you know. <laughs> I was watching War Games the other day with Matthew Broderick. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it was on there. Yeah, you have that, and you had that same funky modem. <laughs> well, the yep. UK's telecommunications regulator said. Oh, yeah. I
0: forgot about his computer. Yeah. right then I wasn't thinking about yeah, that. Yeah, that's how he I was got thinking online. about the payphone he uses because he's like a, an early MacGyver. Yeah, remember he didn't have any change, <laughs> and so he yeah. you, he takes unscrews it and does this and that. And yes. Next yeah. thing you know, he's calling i tried to do that (laughs) didn't work
1: no uh, very rarely do things like that
0: work really no Mm. but i hate when you see a documentary like that and it disappoints Mm. you know they didn't give me the right direction anyway
1: well over over in the uk instead of the aluminum and glass the metal and glass phone booths that we've had around here for so long Mm -hmm. they've had wooden red phone booths they call them phone boxes right Mm -hmm. and uh they're To sit next to the water (laughs) closet—that's the one. Yeah, the UK's telecommunications regulator said yesterday thousands of Britain's iconic red phone boxes will be protected from removal under new rules. The the public payphone boxes may look like obsolete relics in an age of ubiquitous smartphones, but regulator Ofcom said they can still be a lifeline for people in need. The regulator is proposing rules to prevent 5,000 call boxes in areas with poor mobile coverage from being closed down. It said that phone booths in areas considered accident or suicide hotspots and those that have had more than 52 uh, calls made from them in the past 12 months would also meet the criteria. Hmm. They say there are still around 21,000 phone boxes across the UK and that almost 150,000 calls to emergency services were made from phone boxes from May 2019 to May 2020. Wow. That's a lot. That is a lot. uh, Some 45,000 calls were also made to other helplines uh and uh let's see. wow this, uh... that's because people are using those to call and say what is this
0: there's <laughs> something here i don't know what it is i think an alien has landed and left this red box life radio.fm it's the mark and mac show and you know, Mark, in this day and time where we have radio stations that you can download an app and take with you wherever you go, mm. we've got a number of apps people use to gain attention for themselves, yeah. uh, like TikTok, for example. Right. And when people do things like that as an exhibition and they want attention and they want people to follow, they want people to tell them how great they are, right? mm but when people actually do that, it freaks out the TikTok users, you know, <laughs> It does, like, yeah. what do you think they're going to, they're going to track you down because they think whatever <laughs> you're doing is really neat and they're crazy. So they're going to look you up. If you yeah. don't want to be looked up,
1: don't post things on social media. That's true. Yeah. It can be a really freaky place. So is the, t- the cell phone for that matter. Your cell phone, your cell phone can be the source of all kinds of weirdness in your life. Like, I don't know about you, but I get voicemails from people who don't know me you know, who they're talking to somebody else. Hey, Fred, I got your car part ready. What? I'm not Fred, you know? (laughs) Well, there's a TikTok user who posts uh, by the handle of wayfood.png. I don't understand why. Was clearing out her voicemails. She discovered hundreds of messages dating back more than a year, all from the same woman. In the messages, the woman could be heard saying, I miss you and I love you over and over, even crying. After listening to more of the messages, the 28-year-old TikToker realized the messages weren't from a stalker. They were, in fact, from a woman who had lost her hubby and was leaving messages for her deceased partner on his old phone number. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Huh. You know, I do that to people all the time. <laughs> I, can't to I just I won't do it anymore that's now why, that I've been out. That's it. it's why like, I picked this story. Yeah. The TikToker wrote, <laughs> alongside of a clip of herself crying, You're just trying to clear your voicemails and notice a number you don't recognize in block numbers that's been leaving you voicemails since July 8th of 2020. All the voicemails consist of I miss you and I hope you're okay and long pauses and and what sounds to be soft crying. Hmm. The 28-year-old then shared a screen grab from her phone showing all the messages she'd been receiving, sometimes having four missed voicemails per day. From this grieving woman she quietly played one of the messages out loud in which the woman can be heard saying it's just me you've been on my mind i'll catch you later bye wow the tiktok user then says uh then you realize it's this old lady leaving voicemails for her late husband
0: i'm gonna do this i i've got to mark it just sounds too cool i gotta find some numbers that people won't answer right away <laughs> It's a whole lot better than the one saying, hey, I'm from your auto clearance place, and I want to find out about your uh, car insurance. <laughs> uh, I miss you so bad. <laughs> That's the real cruel side of me, man. It,
1: it is, isn't funny. it? Yeah. I
0: think it's funny. Hmm. In a bad way. I mean, I'm not saying it's well, a good thing. Well, you know, recognizing the problem is the beginning of the cure. Look, I look like Dagon Davy the pirate right now, okay? <laughs> Nothing looks right to me, Mark. <laughs> I'm blind to my, I got double vision, dude. And it's not a foreigner song that won't leave my head. It's not an earworm. I have double vision, so nothing seems right. Everything seems wrong. Now, otherwise, I would be crying on this story, but instead uh, I'm thinking that sounds like something cool to do. Oh, just a clue. If you're true, if you're going for pity,
1: it ain't working.
0: No, I'm not even trying for pity. I'm frustrated. I'm upset. <laughs> I'm seeing two I'm seeing two and a half of you right now, Mark. Hey. life radio.fm the market max show sorry that i'm feeling a little weird man i understand i really actually do. i don't even want it i don't want pity i don't want anything else i just don't understand how i ended up with sudden onset double vision i mean from about for many many years i had this but i would wake up like this you know yeah, i know you go, what in the world? oh gosh not again i feel like wc fields was i in here last night and i, did I spend a twenty dollar bill <laughs> yeah you were Oh,
1: wow. Thank goodness. I thought I'd lost it. Wow. <laughs> That must have been an interesting session. I mean, you didn't see just one guy, though. You saw more than one guy, right? Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because
0: you can't go to just, you know, just like, uh, what what is Lay's potato chips? You can never eat just one. You can <laughs> never right. see
1: just one. No, we need to, to, to send to you to a specialist. Oh, that's yeah. got money written all over it. Okay.
0: Dude, I started at the specialist <laughs> and had to go back to my regular talk and start all over again. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. It's like, okay, there's a specialist in my life group, people that I love and care about that, yeah. you know, have been yeah. friends for many, many years. Yeah. So I go to her. She's like, okay, well, here's, here's, the, here's the here's the problem, um, but you're going to have to go back to your regular doc. So I go from expert oh, back yeah. to regular doc, and he goes, well, you're going to have to see another expert. <laughs> I already saw one, <laughs> and I'm telling you all the same thing. Yeah, I got sudden onset double vision. Uh, it just happened, you know? So I go to another expert who tells me, golly, this happened all of a sudden, right? <laughs> so it's sudden onset double vision yes that's exactly what it is thank you you that know what awesome, thank Jim. you for not bothering to listen to my messages or any of the reasons why i'm here mm-hmm. it's like how long have you been married that has nothing to do with double vision dude my wife did not hit me with a frying pan i woke up like this you know it, it just really gets to that point where you're thinking why did i even why didn't i just say you know what i think i have an alien brain tumor growing out of the back of my neck because when you show up at the office they act like they've never talked to you So what's the purpose for this appointment? Oh, my God. Didn't you write it down when I scheduled this emergency appointment? You didn't bother? (laughs) When my doctor called to set this up, did he tell you that there was a car-sized booger in my nose and that's what you (laughs) needed to get out? Because I ain't seeing that. I'm seeing doubles. You know I mean? Why do I have to keep explaining? And, oh, yeah. By the way, here are 10 pages you need to fill out. Really? I can't see. I can't write. What do you, give me an, I will give you my X, okay? Well, just do the best you can. Okay. Telling me to do the best I can. Yeah, you would have had better chance with Forrest Gump writing this in Russian, okay? Because you're not getting anything out of me that's useful. I already told you what's wrong. An expert told you what's wrong. My doctor told you what's wrong. I don't need to fill, you know what? My mother having <laughs> breast cancer has nothing to do with my double vision. <laughs> Life Radio FM. You know, we had that story a little bit ago, Mark, about the British uh, phone booths, right? Yeah, the phone boxes. The red, yeah, the phone boxes, and you know, we kind of had some fun with the fact that. I think they're basically doing some decent math there to figure out why they need to keep them up. And yeah. I do think maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea for us to have a few of them because there's areas where we don't have good cell service, you know.
1: That's true. Yeah. But
0: we do have taxis. You know, we've got Uber. We've got all the different rideshare programs. We mm-hmm. still even have a yellow taxi around. And Oh, yeah. But in Great Britain,
1: they've come up. This guy's come up with a neat idea. I think, I think it's brilliant, actually. He's offering uh, a, a chauffeur service, it's, and it's an unusual one. He charges about a thousand bucks to give rides to weddings, proms, other events in his tank taxi. Merlin. See, Batch- if tank. somebody
0: here would do a tank Uber, I think
1: uh, they might really be onto something. You know? I'm all over that. Merlin Batchelor of Norwich, England, said his tank taxi, which is actually an armored personnel carrier, a vehicle <laughs> with a it looks kind of like a tank. He cost probably him a, made an Aniston at the Aniston Army. Depot. Probably it cost him a total of thirty five thousand dollars to buy and to repair. To make it usable for his business, he said. First, I had neighbors, then friends asking, then friends of friends, and then people I didn't even know asking me, uh, "Can I take him to uh, the to mainly uh, things like proms?" Well, <laughs> Bachelor said he now makes about a thousand dollars a job to drive people to weddings and funerals. He wow. said the unusual chauffeur service offers pure entertainment as you drive along the street. There's so many people smiling, laughing, pointing. Bachelor said the insurance for the vehicle is cheaper than his family's Honda Civic. He says the kids love go love going shopping in it. Wow. Well, yeah. If you're driving a tank down the road, everybody else needs to worry, not you. The parking lot is yours at that point. You know. Yeah. He's just like, I'll park where I want. Thank you. Uh, He says he's currently only licensed to carry passengers for weddings uh, and funerals, but he's hoping to get the necessary permits to branch out into driving for proms, birthday parties, and other events. So really, so weddings and birthday parties and proms are all different. Yeah, and funerals and such. What do they do uh, I it Kind of makes you wonder. Here's the thing: I'm thinking, why would you take this to a funeral? I mean, well, you know what, Mark? <laughs> For people like Dave, that's why.
0: <laughs> you know, well, Dave always wanted to be stuffed and stuck in the corner. But
1: that's true, I guess. Just put you on top of the tank, take you off to the graveyard.
0: Life radio.fm. It's the Mark and Max show where many times I've been accused of being competitive. Okay? Not you. No, I know. It's a tough <laughs> thing to imagine, but when, for instance, when I gave blood, my first thing, okay, when I did I was like, well, who has the record for giving the most blood? Because they started talking about getting to a gallon and doing this and that, okay? They yeah. immediately know you're competitive, so uh-huh. they think they got you hooked. And so I I thought, well, I'll be the first. I will be the person who gets to a gallon the fastest. Wow! After I went for like five days in a row, <laughs> at two or three, I start. Yeah, I went in. They stuck the needle in, and air came out. And the guy goes, "Dave, I think you need to take a break from this." You know. <laughs> so I understand when a 24 year old becomes the youngest person to run 100 marathons. Oh, I, guess, I understand yeah. that. I just wouldn't do it.
1: No, I wouldn't either. Now, this 24-year-old crossed the finish line at the Los Angeles Marathon, and when he did that, he became the youngest person ever to complete 100 marathons. That's um, well, not a person. It's not a, I'm not a person. It's not a guy. It's a girl. Jocelyn Rivas, an El Salvador native living in L.A., said she became interested in running marathons after attending the L.A. Marathon as a spectator back in 2013, and she ran the race the following year. She decided after running a few more marathons, She wanted to pursue the Guinness World Record for the youngest person to compete 100 of these races. They nicknamed her the Warrior. She reached her goal this past Sunday at the finish line of the LA Marathon. The LA, uh, the Los Angeles Marathon said in an Instagram post, Way to go, Jocelyn. You're an amazing inspiration. We're so glad you chose Los Angeles Marathon for number 100. The previous record was set in 2011 by British runner Elizabeth Tunna. Who was only a few months older than Rivas when she completed her 100th marathon? Well, now, how, what record can they set next? Youngest to 500? I mean, wow. where do you end this? You know,
0: because a uh, marathon is what, 26.2 miles, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot of I, running. That is. And, and thing is, I wonder if they cheat at all, you know, because, you know, they, <laughs> we've had a few that have done that, like oh, yeah, the big marathon. A yeah, few have been caught. Remember, yeah. Yeah. Remember that woman who ran like the the Boston Marathon and New York Marathon, where she actually got off, took a subway, and ended up yes, crossing I the finish do. line. I do. I've
1: seen the stories of that and cabs and things like that, where they, yeah. they get back in like in the last couple of miles. Yeah. So you, you know, you still
0: look a little sweaty, but not nearly. Right. You know.
1: Do yeah. you ever look at those uh, really sad pictures
0: of people crossing the finish line at marathons oh. where they've had real problems yeah. along the way, just dragging really bad knees scabs? No, up, I'm yeah. talking about other things that are just dragging really bad from their uniforms. <laughs> I mean, I mean people have accidents and keep on going oh, it's like no dude nasty. you're not impressing anybody we would like for you to Ooh. stop and clean yourself up before you continue oh, please okay mm. that mexican dinner we got oh, you okay thank you. montezuma's revenge yeah. yes we understand stop running now oh. you know what everybody's gonna be looking it up look yeah. up marathon nasty that's all you got to do because there are i've seen the youtube videos and Man. what's really sad mark is i start watching and I'm like, well what's worse than that <laughs> What's worse than that? Of course, I was brailing all the time. Wait a minute, Bray. What's worse than
1: this?
0: (laughs) LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show, and as we wind things down today, I knew there was going to be a circus story. Okay, (laughs) I just had a feeling. Yeah, but I thought it was going to be escaped clowns. I didn't know. Eight camels and one llama escaped a circus and nobody noticed. I mean, well, what? How do eight camels get away, Mark? I'm not sure how they did it. Like maybe it was they, organized. They're but, conspiring you know, back they're in conspiring, the back. Yeah, they're really I mean, mad. Hey, hey, hey. The trainer's got a key. I know where he keeps it. They, yeah, yeah, they're playing. And the llama. Okay, eight camels and one llama. So the llama's going, one, "Hey guys, I've always wanted to be part of your group. How about if I steal the key?
1: Okay." One very confused llama who thinks he's a camel. Well a group of eight camels and a llama escaped that's almost This like a gag eight camels and a llama walked into a sporting goods store and a Southern Baptist pastor <laughs> that's right uh, they they escaped from a circus in Spain and wandered the streets of Madrid before they were rounded up by the police see this, they didn't have an escape plan Mark. no they, they, they only didn't. planned on getting out they didn't yeah. plan on what to you got what to have it? a plan Just if you're gonna escape you gotta know where you're going see this is a lesson kids don't go sightseeing <sighs> if you're trying to escape somewhere the spanish national police said the animals were found wandering the streets of the capital about 5 a.m and officers rounded them up and returned them to the circus the they grand, didn't add that they were wandering the streets drunk, you know, <laughs> the, that they'd got out for Cinco de Mayo. and <laughs> the, the Grand Circo Aquiros said the animals escaped after an act of sabotage by animal rights activists. Oh, because they don't the, want to admit the llama did it. That, okay. uh, the exact nature of the sabotage was not specified. The circus said um, the camels and the llama were not injured during their time. Much like elect.
0: going to your doctor and saying, hey, I have I got double vision when I woke up this morning. <laughs> you know, and then they turned around Say, is. we're not really sure what's wrong but dave's seeing double we'll have to look into this and figure it out just like that well, well what the act of sabotage
1: was is they opened the gate uh, that's it <laughs> i have a question though yeah why is it we never have stories about animal rights activists releasing animals like lions or tigers it's always the big fuzzy fluffy ones it's <laughs> because those are the ones we hear about when people get eaten by a lion or tiger you know but it's but, never
0: but, animal uh, rights activists <laughs> oh but they were in their real life mark tell your friends the mark and max show is back and better than ever <laughs>